ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, do I have a show for you today. Today on episode 7 of BC Spirits, we're tasting barrel-aged gins. And surprisingly enough, if you've heard me say this once or twice in the episodes, um, once you start looking for things, things start appearing. And that is no exception to this episode. We have 14, count them, 14 barrel-aged gins from BC. I know I've missed a couple. It is insane how many we have in BC right now. Some are special releases, some are always on the shelves. But I collected 14 for you, ranging from a Cab Sav aged one all the way through to an Akavit, which I am throwing that in with Jinx as our aromatized spirit and everything in between. So, Barrel Age Gins became popular about 10 years ago. Uh, I would say probably the um, Ransom Old Tom from Portland was sort of the first one that sort of kicked off the whole barrel aging thing. Um, and then we sort of started rolling. Our first one in Canada, I believe was this bad boy here, the Victoria Oaken Gin um, from Victoria Spirits. So I think that was the very first one that uh, sort of kicked off the market. But now with 14, I have 14 different barrel-aged gins from 14 different distilleries. I'm just floored at how much I have to taste today. But for your view and pleasure, I am willing to do so. Um, the beautiful thing with barrel-aged gins, again, it's like with uh, some of the Canadian whiskeys and some other things, we don't have any rules. So at the end of the day, we can do whatever we want. And the beautiful thing with that is that we can age in whatever we want. And the first thing, most of these are going to be bourbon barrel aged uh, or whiskey barrel aged. But the first one we're tasting today is a very special one. It's the uh, Resurrection uh, Rosé Gin from Resurrection in Vancouver. Uh, Brian and David Wolowitnik are really world-class bartenders who decide to open a distillery. And they're doing absolutely gangster stuff over at Resurrection. This one here is aged for six months in Cab Sab barrels. So... Let's kick this off, this bad boy off, really, really well. This is bottle number 331 of 350. So I was really lucky that I had a friend over. I think it was my Raven. Uh, she was over in Vancouver, and she picked me up a bottle, which is just awesome. Oh. So the thing is, you have to put a good gin in a barrel. Good gin in, good gin out. Um, if you think that you're going to put a shitty gin into a barrel, and it's going to come out good, you're missing the point of barrel-aged gins. Cool thing is, is this is a gin forward, but on uh, the nose, you get this very robust uh, red wine sweetness that's kind of uh, intriguing. Oh, not expected at all. Oh, the gin is very, um, uh, almost, I don't want to say sweet, but lemongrass and grapefruit and very bright, a very bright gin. And then that red wine has just like come together and made this beautiful mouthfeel and texture, bright citrusy tones, um, piney juniper. Um, it is, oh, I'm glad I take, this is the first time I've tasted this. I look, I've got, I think I've got three or four things in this that I haven't tasted before. So for you folks, it's good to see my surprise. And for me, it's good to taste these things. But that is a fantastic start to this tasting. 14 gins, I'm going to pace myself. It might be a long episode purely because of that. Um, I can't be banging 14 gins. I remember doing the fruit brandy episode, and I know that at the end of that, I was not in a good place. Um, but I'm pacing. So what I've done is I started off with the, the that one as a nice palate tester. Nice get you started. Then I'm sort of going from uh, lighter to heavier sort of barrel-aged gins because we've got some really heavy bad boys in this end. In this end. But we've got some uh, really nice light ones. This one is an exclusive. 
It's coming in in a couple of weeks. It's the Seaside Barrel Aged Seaside Gin. Um, Seaside Gin from Sherryham just got con- world's best contemporary gin. The world's best contemporary gin is in Souk. Sounds like an oxymoron, but it isn't. Absolutely delightful. Oh, straight off the hot thing, I feel they smell pine forest. Um, and the thing with oak is you're going to get a lot more of that sort of pine foresty sort of smell come through. Because sometimes the oak brings that through as well. Straight off the nose, I smelt it as soon as I poured it. Oh yeah, classic seaside, bright, piney. But then on the back, on the back of that, you get that sort of that sort of like uh, old wooden ship. That sounds really like that sounds like Ron Burgundy really badly. I'm sorry, but like old wooden, <laughs> old cut wood. Oh wow, the oak has just like lifted it up. Lifted up the Sherringham really, really nicely. Gives it a really good texture and mouthfeel and body. Um, really builds it up. Still bright, but then you, the oak comes through as like a as a as a buddy, not as a like overbearing. Which is always you've got to be careful with the the oak engines because sometimes it can be overbearing and like off putting. But that comes through as like hand in hand, like buddies walking down a beach. I'm getting very. I'm waxing very poetic today. Um, so, next up is another one I haven't tasted yet. This is the Steelhead uh, Gin. Barrel aged. Um, I don't think they numbered this. Did they number this one? No, they didn't. But they only made a couple of hundred bottles of this for their anniversary. Again, another one I'm tasting for the very first time. Oop, shouldn't have done that. Let's try that again. Now, I already love Steelhead stuff. You've heard me... So, you know what? I love all BC spirits. Everything has its place. Um, there's some that I love a little bit more. Some that I enjoy working with. I shouldn't even say that. I love working with all of them. Ooh. You have to remember, like, when wood gets added to gin, it does take away certain flavors that are in the gin and add more flavors. And so... This one, you get a beautiful cucumber on the nose, like fresh, like cut grass, rainwater, but then the the oak just gives it this beautiful balance. Oh, yes. Okay, that's three out of 14, folks. Stick with me. Um, Next up, let's do a classic. Yeah, let's do a classic. Let's do a classic. We're going to do the long table uh, barrel-aged gin. Um, So this one's been, this is probably the second or third barrel-aged gin that came out in BC. I'm going to feel, I feel like it's the second. Long table in Vancouver. Funky uh, hops, funky juniper on the nose. Mm. This one's more where the oak and the gin is trying to fight it out and the gin comes through on the forward and then the oak comes through on the back and they're just sort of like dancing on your palate. So you get the classic long table gin and then you get the, the finishes, the, uh, the strong, clean, it's very clean wood, not a musty wood, very, just a very clean oak, matchsticky oak, very like that sort of paddle pop sticks. That's a good one. That's a classic. You can't go wrong. Victoria Oak and Gin, long table barrel aged gin, two gins that I've been barrel aged for longer than some of these distilleries have been around for, and a solid classic style. Next up, this one I'm looking forward to. This one is uh, the Noteworthy Barrel Rested. 
Um, this came out in super limited edition as well, like ridiculously limited edition. But Steve Lee is a barrel master. That's one thing you can say about Steve Lee. He's doing uh, single malt whiskey out there. He's waiting for it to uh, age properly. Um, this is done in Canadian whiskey barrels. I'm going to give you a different flavor than bourbon barrels. Um, for one year and ten months. So the thing, great thing with Steve Lee is that he knows his shit when it comes to wood. And he's making some wicked single malts that are just starting to trickle out now, which I'm really looking forward to taste. If you're watching this, Steve Lee, you know, where my, you know my address. You know where to get a hold of me if I want to do a single malt episode. But he really knows his barrels and knows how to utilize these barrels the best they can. Ooh. Now, ooh, passion fruit. Am I smelling that right? I can't even tell. Very, very floral. Like, the Noteworthy's always been a very floral forward gin, but beautiful, bright, um, ripe passion fruit on the nose. And the beautiful thing is, is that super floral lavenders and rose petals and that sort of thing, but the, the wood is an understated flavor profile that isn't in your face, it just adds a different texture and a different taste and a different length to the, uh, to the gin. And that's fantastic. Thoroughly enjoying this. Now, what I'd say my toasting notes, folks, now I'm sure eventually one day when I start getting a few more than 50 views on YouTube that, uh, I'm going to get trolls saying that my taste notes are weird. Your taste notes are your taste notes. Whatever you feel is, uh, whatever you feel is what you taste. Everybody's got different life experiences. Different tastes, different flavor profiles. I grew up in Australia, so my flavor profiles, like I get a lot of wines, have a um, rubber pool lighter, like above ground pool lighter. I grew up with above ground pools, it's the way it was. So we're gonna, where are we gonna go? I think we're gonna stick, we're gonna go come back on the island now. And uh, we're gonna go with char number three from Waywood's Distilling. Biggity biggity boom. So Waywood's up in Courtney, they do some great stuff up there. All honey-based spirits. So we've talked about fruit spirits. We've talked about Merrydale. We've talked about different distilleries. What they use as a base. Nine times out of ten, it's grain. Merrydale does all fruit, which we're tasting up next. Um, Waywood, for some crazy, weird, eccentrically awesome reason, Dave went with honey. And honey gives a different spirit because you're fermenting honey. It's a different base. So the Waywood goes into uh, bourbon barrels, which they have a fair few up there, for six months. The honey spirit is a different flavor spirit you're ever going to taste. It's it's sweet and fruity without being cloyingly sweet. There's still some residual, like, nice sugar there without it covering your palate. The, the gin itself is a fantastic product. Putting it six months in wood has just given this, like, right in the back of your palate here, a little twang of oak, which is delightful. So we're going to stick on the island. We're getting through almost halfway through. I'm happy with this. Good pace, good pace. Um, we're going to go with the Couch and Copper. So the Couch and Copper Gin from Merrydale is um, 47%, so a little higher in proof. And we've got these one of these great glass corks. Now, this is kind of cool. What they do is with they, they make a fruit spirit. They rest it for three years in stainless steel before they make the gin. Takes the edges off, lets everything sort of 
oxidized down and makes a great flavor profile. And then they make a gin, which is just insane. So this is um, French oak uh, that recently uh, would have housed uh, Couchin Bay or Couchin Valley um, red wine. So local wine, uh, French oak, and then they empty it out and chuck this in there. I can't tell how long it is. And again, it's the same as the uh, the rosé gin from Resurrection. You get that automatic, like, I can smell Pinot Noir, uh, a light red wine on the nose. And maybe it's subliminal. Maybe it's completely psychosomatic. But the sweetness of the fruit, a beautiful, like, floral sweetness of the fruit. You get the botanicals in the middle. You get this all-encompassing red wine finish that... Uh, just sort of like melds this sort of direct, different direction of flavor profile. There's no, there's not as much color as you can see. There's not as much color from this barrel as the uh, Resurrection, but it's still there. It's still like a light underripe strawberry, and, and those sort of flavor profiles are just creeping through. Now this one, I don't think is available anymore. I can't find it on their website. It's the Arbutus Druid Oaken Gin. Now, Mike, if you watch this episode, because I'm going to tag you in this episode, please let me know if this is still available and if people can still get it. Um, this is a bottle from a couple of years ago, so I thought I'd whack, I'd grab it out and uh, give it a try. I'm not sure if they still do it. The guys at Arbutus are doing some insanely great stuff. Please go check out their website. Please contact them. We've tasted the birch liqueur. We've done the absinthe. We've done a whole bunch of stuff from them. The Amaro... Uh, go look at the website. They've got lavender liqueur, which looks fantastic. I still haven't been able to track down some of that. But go to the website, check them out. Abuse Distillery in Nanaimo. There's got to be some... I've got to find out where these barrels are from because every time I smell something from uh, Abutus Ridge, Abutus Distillery, that's been in a barrel, it has a very specific nose on it. And it's a sort of like very... Uh, Charred oak. And I've got to find out what barrels they're using up there. Classic empiric gem. Straight on the palate. Mold forward. Botanicals in the back. And then just finishes with this lingering vanilla. I'm probably going to say a bourbon cask. Um, vanilla and bourbon finish. Like bourbon uh, cask finish. That is... Uh, it gives this really strong backbone that a couple of others didn't have in the same way, but maybe that's because it's balancing off that that heavy malt that Empiric Gin has. Empiric Gin has a heavy malt forward, botanicals are linked in with that, and then the, the barrels come in behind. So, we're going to step it up a notch now. We have six left, so we're over halfway. Um, we're going to go for the original. The original barrel-aged gin for BC, which is the Victoria Gin Oaken, um, the guys out of the Oak at uh, Sydney have been doing a great job. If you haven't seen their uh, Empress 1908, it really is their like f their figurehead, their like star in the sky that has uh, really catapulted them to worldwide successes. The Empress 1908 gin. Um, it's got pea flour in it. I haven't tasted it on the show yet. I'm trying to figure out where it's going to fit. I might put it in the next flavored gins episode, which I'm working on. And straight away, just classic Victoria gin. Super piney, West Coast uh, flavor profile on the nose with that backbone of gin. Um, this one I made a ton of cocktails with over the years. Uh, chai syrup, uh, green tea bitters, that sort of thing.
but this is just a classic. Super spicy. The gin is just, this somehow the, the barrel and the gin just work into this beautiful, like, back of your palate sort of sweetness. I don't want to say brown sugar, but it's not white sugar sweetness. It's like this sort of caramelized um, sugar sort of taste in the back of your palate, which is really fantastic. Um, this is the original. You have to give, you have to give um, credit where credit's due. It's the original uh, barrel gin for BC. All these guys have sort of taken after the fact that bartenders started using this and then started asking for more and people wanted to change it up, like the Resurrection, uh, Sherry Ham. They, all, all the barrels changed the gin slightly. It's really crazy. Um, I always will give respect to the Victoria Oak and Gin because it's one of my favorites back in the day. So, this one is great. I'm really looking forward to tasting this one. These guys are out of Kimberley, which is up in the Rockies. Um, you see their stuff sporadically around. Uh, their Colossal Gin is another is a, another gin that I'm thinking about putting on to my Flavored Gin episode. I saw this. Whenever I look at, go into a liquor store and I see something I don't have in the collection that I might put into an episode, I always buy it. Um, it's the Forrester uh, Single Malt Aged Gin uh, from Bohemian. Packaging is epic. Literally no information on the website. Please, BC Dispirits, please, BC Dispirits, give me more information so I can put it on my website and use it in my episodes. For the love of God. Um, but this one, there is literally no information for this one in any way, shape, or form. Little to none. Um, so we're just going to give it a taste. It's the first time I've tasted this one. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I like any distillery who's making a go and really being successful at make, being a go, making a go of it. In BC, I want to back it as much as possible. Bohemians, no different. They are doing these crazy little things that they sell out in Kimberley, out of the door, out of the, the distillery, and you really see their stuff outside of there. That does not disappoint. Oh my god, i got to find out how old this is. It, it tastes like it's been in, in a barrel for a little bit longer than some of these other ones. But there's a, van, a caramelized vanilla tone to it, like almost like a vanilla custard pie. With all the, the botanicals of juniper and everything else in the front. And so, it, this, is a, well, this is very interesting. Like vanilla custard pie and botanicals and gin forward. If you're going to do a mint of Gin uh, Martinez, hit up this one. Okay, I'm going to say this may have been the third barrel aged gin in BC. Might have been one of the OGs as well, uh, as well as Oaken. Um, this is from Odd Society. So Odd Society Spirits, the Warflower Oaken Gin. Um, I love this one. The Oaken Gin is several months in whiskey oak. Um, again, uh, the guys over at Oz Society really know their whiskey, so know what oak does to, to whiskey. So they're just applying what they know to uh, to gin. And a lot of these guys are now starting to do like to taste, like tasting barrel samples and going, okay, that's good to go. But it's only been four months. Doesn't matter. It's good to go. That's what I want. This one's super deep. Now the gin is super strong on the front. This beautiful floral soapiness of the wallflower, which is atypical of wallflower. 
this is sort of flipped where you get the barrel in the front and then dries your palate out. Then you get this beautiful, like, floral, lavender soapiness that you get um, from the gin, from the wallflower gin in the back of the palate and it just rolls down the back of your throat. So you start with the dryness of the barrel, then you get the sweetness of the, the floralness of the gin and it just goes down the back of your throat. This is another OG. Go ahead and find it. My best example of using some of the, the, the breasted gins, depending on the depth of the age, utilize in the way that would you, you a rye, utilize a rye whiskey. So if you're going to do a uh, old-fashioned, try the Oaken Gin from Victoria Spirits or the Forester or this one. A little bit deeper, can stand alone on its own. Some of the lighter ones that we've tasted, try it with a vermouth um, Manhattan style. Um, give that sort of a go, even though it is an Oaken Gin and it is a martini, but that's what I'm sort of leaning with with that one. Next up, we have uh, two new Toms, Old Toms. Old Tom was traditionally a, uh, it sort of sat in between where Geneva sits and where London Dry sits. It's a sweetened, a sweetened, um, sweetened botanical gin. It's really hard to describe and now down in his act style. It's usually a sweetened style gin. Now, the story goes is that when they started shipping new Old Tom to the New World, to the U.S., um, they would put them in Irish whiskey barrels. By the time they got there, the sugar would, re uh, re like, reduce down a little bit. And when I say reduce, not in flavor, just, like, sort of dissipate into the wood. And it would add oak and flavor. So you'd have this sort of, like, oak and sweet sort of gin. Um, the first one we're going to give it a go is the Divine New Tom. As you can see, playing on the Old Tom cat uh, sort of look. These are the guys, Divine Up and Zanich. Zanich, Zanich. I say it with a Z, apparently. My wife always complains that I say it with a Z instead of an S. Yeah, you get that sweetness on the nose. Now, when I say sweet, I, I kind of mean fruity. I don't mean, like, sugar sweet. Unless I say sugar sweet, obviously. But sweet can be uh, floral and fruity as well. Sweet as sweet as sugar gives you a very cloying finish. Like, that sort of, like eating candy sort of finish on your tongue. And this is no different. The, the residual natural sweetness of this product put into the, the barrel or just got a little kick of sarsaparilla and licorice in there. The barrel just sort of takes the edge off the sweetness, still gives you that mouthfeel and texture, but then gives you a nice round fin palette of wood to finish it off. So next up, my lovely wife was in Vancouver uh, this week. So she popped by the Liberty Distillery on Granville Island. If you haven't been, go check it out. Liberty Distillery. Whoa, is that light too much? There we go. Liberty Distillery in uh, on Granville Island. Fantastic. Uh, lady Distiller. Um, fantastic products. Uh, amazing tasting room. Go check out the tasting room just for that. Great little bar. I think they found the bar in a, in a hotel that was getting knocked down from 1895. Hadn't been used since 19th Prohibition time. It's just just crazy stories. Go go check it out. Um, their Endeavor New Tom. Same sort of uh, thing as the, as the, the New Tom from uh, uh, Divine. Slightly different way, wood forward, oh, but the dry herbs, 
I'm not sure if that's from the oak. It's French oak, but just a mouthful, like walking into a, like a Chinese herb shop, like tons and tons of that dry woody herb. And I'm sure that wood sort of coming from those herbs are playing from the gin into the, into the wood. But then it finishes nice and sweet and fruity. Um, beautiful finish. Oh, spicy. Another one to try out as an old fashioned or in a Manhattan martini sort of, uh, realm. Oh, that's fantastic. So, we're down to the last one. So, I'm looking forward to this one. I've, as you can see, I've already partaked on this one a little bit. This one's not going to be a surprise for you folks. This is a, a bit of a unicorn. Deep Cove, along with uh, the guys from Bohemian, don't have huge amount of distribution. Um, so when you find that stuff, you're like, ooh, got to get that. Um, this one, uh, the barrel-aged Akavit from Deep Cove is a must-have. One year in American Oak. Now... There is a couple of barrel-aged Akavits. There's one from uh, Long Table. Um, I was unfortunately wasn't able to get that one. I know that the guys at Sheringham are working on one as well, which I'm excited about. Obviously, you know my love for the Sheringham Akavit is my baby. Um, so that one's in a barrel as well. That one's going to a Red Five whiskey barrel that they just emptied out. So fingers crossed. Next six months, you'll see a barrel-aged Akavit from uh, Sheringham. So this is the barrel-aged Akavit. Now, why did I put Akavit with gin? So, gin, typically, like let's put it into a little box, juniper forward, aromatic spirit. Akavit is a dill and caraway forward aromatic spirit. Absinthe, if you really want to get technical, absinthe is a knees forward aromatic spirit. They are all technically in the same class, even though I, I put absinthe off to a little bit different. But Akavit and gin are best friends, but different parts of Europe. And so, I love barrel-aged... Gins, I love barrel-aged Akavits. Why not? So that's why I sort of clicked this one in. I've had this bottle for about six months now. <sighs> Straight on the nose. Um, dill caraway mixed with French oak. Uh, sorry, American oak. So lots of uh, vanillas and caramels and that sort of thing. Now, the story behind barrel-aged uh, Akavit is that... Ooh, bananas. Just got, like, ripe... Like banana candies, bananas. I'm going to say this may be a JD barrel. I'm going to put my money down this. Anybody from Deep Cove watching this episode, please let me know. If this is a JD barrel, a Jack Daniels barrel, please let me know because I love when I hear, I, I find Jack Daniels barrel because I can always taste ripe banana candies. And I just, I like that flavor profile. Um, so barrel aged Akavits is a little, is as prevalent as it is with barrel aged gin with the story about going to the new world. So what would happen is the Vikings would throw, obviously barrels are the best um, vessel to move things in, would throw Akavit into a barrel, put it on the ships, go pillaging, and then come back. Whatever Akavit was left in the barrels would be used as a celebration. And so there's a couple of well-known barrel-aged Akavits out there. The most well-known barrel-aged Akavit is probably Linny, um, which means line in Norwegian, basically. And they still put their uh, Akavit into barrels, onto a ship, they cross the uh, equator twice, and then they bottle it. Now they try to figure out a million times to the way of Sunday to try and figure out a way that they can barrel age it, getting the same flavor profiles without putting it on a freaking ship. They haven't figured it out yet. And I've, I've read a lot of uh, case studies about it. And I think it's going to be on a ship for the rest of, like, at least my life. But barrel aged Akavit means something very special. And in Iceland, they love new things. And around Christmas time, they release the barrel aged Brennaven. 
But this is a fantastic little number. If you can find it, please go out and find it. I think Spinnakers and Vic West have it. If not, call uh, Deep Cove and ask them where to get it from. So, one of the bigger tastings I've done. Uh, 14 barrel-aged gins and an Akavit. And an Akavit. <laughs> uh, 14 barrel-aged gins and an Akavit. Um, all very, very different. Uh, standouts for me personally... Resurrection, Rose Agent, boys, you're killing it over there. Uh, I hope you like this video because I think you've done a fantastic job on this. Um, the lighter style ones, the Noteworthy Chard number three, the Sherringham, the uh, the uh, Stillhead, all lighter style. Um, then we start getting the deeper ones. Mike from Arbutus, if you're watching this video, please comment and tell me whether or not the, the Barrel Age Gin is still available. The Copper Gin from uh, Marydale. Then we get into the deeper ones. The uh, Bohemian... Single malt, huge mouthfeel. Odd Society is the, probably the biggest one we have on the panel today. The OG, thank you very much for all the inspiration. Um, Liberty and the Divine New Tom, slightly sweeter barrel age styles, so use those how you like. And then, of course, the Deep Cove, the white, the unicorn that I found and I, I had to get. I've heard about this product for two years and I still I didn't get a bottle till like three or four or five months ago. So, like, you, it, that's how much of a white unicorn it is. Um, or white whale, white unicorn, white unicorn, let's just smash them together, white unicorn. Um, but folks, thank you very much for your support. Please subscribe to the podcast, all the videos, whichever medium you're watching on. I hope you're enjoying these. I am having an absolute blast doing all this. Um, it's one of my favorite things every weekend to sit down and do some episodes of BC Spirits and just showcase what we have available in BC. It is such a massive passion project for me. Um, I just believe in it so much. Uh, and I hope that you're starting to see how much stuff we have in BC and how much fun this is. Um, go out and buy some of the stuff. If you're supporting local farmers, support local distilleries. Keep local businesses in business. Um, thank you very much. Have a good week. I'm going to see you next week, I'm sure. But uh, until then, drink wise.